visit our Caper, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, classic consoles and computers, PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift. Tournaments and competitions, arcade machines are all set to free play. Open Friday, 6pm to 12am, over 18s only. Saturday, 11am to 11pm. And Sunday, 2pm to 10pm. Arcade Club, Ila Mill, Cork Street, Bury, Manchester. BL9 7BW. I don't want to go out. I want to stay in. Play back to go. See, even David Bowie's playing it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And I'm Sean in your face, Holly. How are you, Vic, this this sunny evening? I'm not bad. It's it's pretty it's not been sunny where you've been, is it? Because you're in Wales and it always rains there. Yeah. Well, since it's been um, raining and a bit miserable outside, I've been doing a few things in the garage with my cabinets. Mm. Cabinets, I say, sir. Cabinets. Yes, it's been good actually. It's been quite good. Good, good. What have you been doing? Well, rather than watching those horrible John Bloody Lewis adverts on the TV lately that seem to be out every year, these sickly ones to try and make you buy things for Christmas. Oh yeah. Good old Alex put on Facebook um, one of the '80s Woolworths adverts. Remember those? Yeah, and it's absolutely brilliant. If I can try and find a link to it, um, I'll put it on our show notes. Um, there was things in in the advert, such as Vectrex, uh, Brute for the dads. Wow. Oh, it was brilliant, and like the curlers for the ladies. It was a really funny. Like it must be eighty three, I think, or something like that. And it's got all oh. these really old sort of um, disgraced eighties DJs and Vectrex, which is always good. I miss that. I always wanted a Vectrex when I was a kid. I had one. What, when you were a child, child? Yeah, 12 years old, I got it, yeah. Oh, you must have been re-spoiled. No, I saved up. I, oh, I you worked. did yourself? Don't I pit. worked. Don't mind. For me, Dad. For me, Dad, I, I worked. worked. on the mine. 58 a hours a day. <laughs> on a donkey. Mm, eating coal. He was a roof tiler, and they used to help him out. And I well, got that's a dangerous pa- job. I know. £10 a week, and I saved up for however, however long it was. 20 and I weeks. They're about £200 back then. They were a lot of money. Mm, and oh, I got that Mindstorm, and then I got—I think I got Scramble for Christmas. Awesome, awesome games. Brilliant. So, what else have you been up to? I have been up to arcade club as normal. Yes, I've been playing the most excellent Border Down on Sega Naomi hardware. Yeah, I've got that. It's brilliant, isn't it? I don't know. I've not really played it. Is what, it shooty? I... Is it a vertical shooter? And no, it's a horizontal shooter, but you have like, um, what's that game? I think it's Final Soldier, Superstar right. Soldier as well on PC Engine, where they have three speeds of the ship. Okay. And you can just tap the button to speed up the ship, and I think that's really useful in a shoot-em-up. Yeah, it could be, I suppose. So it's got that, and it's got a fire button, and you can just tap, it's got an auto-fire, and you tap the button for like homing missiles. Yeah. We're going to have a bit of a discussion about autofire later on. We are, we are. Mm. Great game. And also, I've been playing Tapper there, which I'd never played before on on the original cab, and I didn't know it had the controls. It was like that bar pump kind of control on the front. Yeah, sort of a button. There's a little pulley thing. You've got to pull it like a a sort of draft pint pulling thingy. Yeah, 
I, yeah. I thought I'd seen one of these when I was a kid, and I don't think I ever have, you know. I don't think I ever did. Well, I think the buttons used to get broken quite easily, so you should replace them with normal buttons. So maybe that's what it was. Ah, uh, could be. Could it's, be. It's, it's not an analog button or anything. It's just a, it's just a switch. So they could have just put a normal button on them, I suppose. Mm. So they've got mm. their proper cabin there now. Nice. Yeah, lovely, lovely looking machine. Cool. Any other stuff? In arcade club or me or both? Oh, whatever you like. <laughs> We're all I friends am, here. I have been to an event called I Play Gaming in Leeds. I helped James IGP out last Saturday. Uh, with his friend Ben Ridsdale, mm-hmm. and we've got a little bit of audio. This is one of my, what do you call them, audio diaries, where I'm just talking rubbish. But there's lots of rubbish in it, and it's interesting rubbish, kids. From Leeds! About five minutes, so we'll put it in here. Hello. Hi, James. I'm at the gate in a big... Van. Oh, in a big fucking van, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll go, I'll go and bust the gate open, we'll have a cup of t- tea, and then we'll get up road. Alright, brilliant. Uh, this is James, uh, also known as RGP. Sean's been stupid enough to put me in, fr- in uh, charge of the dictaphone for a bit. <laughs> so we can do some recording. We've just loaded up, we're on our way to iPlay Gaming over in Leeds tonight at the warehouse. I'll hear this after the event, so I can't encourage you all to come down, but do check out their website at iPlayGaming.co.uk. It's social gaming for all. It's beer, grilling. Beer! 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 beer. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Sorry, James, it's gaming and grilling. So you've got games of all types, including modern gen, ret- some retro, and obviously a bunch of arcade machines supplied by yours truly there. So we're just setting off now. It's about quarter past three. We're about 15 minutes behind schedule because we just had to have a bit of a rethink with the loading. But everything's all secure and we're off. Right, it's upper six, we're all set up, we got to the event. What time do we get to the place, James? About five o'clock. Quarter to five. Quarter to five. Yeah. So managed to find a place to park the van, offload it, straight through some big doors and into here. We've got Point Blank 2, Outrun, Super Hang On, Space Invaders Part 2, Daytona USA, Megatech running eight games, Play Choice 10, Paperboy and Galaxian all set up and working within about an hour. Very good. Thank you. Well, James, it is, uh, what time is it? It's ten past eight, the arcade section is round. We've just been out for a Starbucks. Well, I'm going to have a look around the rest of the event in a bit because it's like a van here with LCDs inside. Gaming wagon. Yeah, playing FIFA in there or something. There's Black Ops 3 to the left of us, brand new release. There's FIFA 16 over there. And then there's tournaments as well, so I'll have a look around. But at the minute, it's going very well. Anything to add, sir? Uh, no, I'm just really. Everything's gone really smooth so far. Got here in really good time. Unloaded really uh, exactly, smooth and by the numbers, as they'd say in Aliens. And um, all the cabs are looking absolutely badasses and getting played to death. So that's what we want. Excellent. Okay, it's time for a little bit of a walk around of the evening. Where the arcade machines are is like a long bricked room with like the decorations of palm trees and stuff. At the end of the room it opens out onto the street but it's blocked by the burger van thing. It's not a van, it's a marquee. The burger marquee. We just had a burger from there, that's excellent. And then past that at the end of the room there's like a minibus parked. Yeah, game bus, game station it's called. I'm just walking into the main area which is a much bigger room. And they have like all the retro consoles here. They've got Duck Hunt, 
of that Streets of Rage, I think that is. Mario Kart, of course. And there's a big bar area and there's a stage. I think the tournaments are playing on the stage, like five or six tournaments, like Rocket League, Black Ops 3, Street Fighter. There's a big bar, another big bar at the end of the room. Everyone's eating these burgers. Yeah, you've got more Halo there, Halo 1 I think that is. And the tournament, ah, oh, it's a Mario Kart. Looks like Mario Kart Wii. And there's scoreboards everywhere. I think they have all the tournaments earlier on and then about 11 o'clock they have the finals, which is on the stage. Well, that's pretty decent. Yeah, 152 it is. Hello, it's 10 to 2, we've just finished loading the van with nine cabs and a flight case and Ben and James and me. We're now going to leave Leeds and go and get a coffee somewhere before falling asleep on the M62. Again. <laughs> What's your overall thoughts of the evening, Ben? I thought it was very good. I thought it was a lot of fun and the people attending seemed to be enjoying themselves as well. I think the machines went down really well. Yeah, me too. What do you think, James? Me? Oh, magic. Absolute magic. The organisers seem to be quite happy as well, which is exactly what you want. I'm a little bit tired, <laughs> as you can as you can imagine. I'm just trying to get some. Is there interior light in here? Because I'm filming this as well. Uh, yeah, there is. Yay! Hey, there we go. See, 10 to 2 selfie uh, without selfie sick this time. Podcasting as well. Uh, Sean's on the podcast. Uh, Ben's looking for some sugar. <laughs> uh, I need coffee. I yeah. need something to keep me awake for the next couple of hours. Sean, I think it's gone brilliantly, actually, tonight. Mm, um, it has. I've just spoken to Michael, one of the organisers, and he seemed really happy. Next one's early March over in Liverpool. Excellent. Cool. Let's get going. Let's get going. 4.17am. Everything just offloaded back at James's storage area. Just going to refuel the van, ready for taking back to the higher place and go to blinking bed, man. It's 4.48 a.m. on Sunday morning. I'm finally home. Another arcade adventure is over, my friends. Oh, yeah. I need to go to bed. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good, there was apparently um, a video games exchange on today in London. But I didn't get a chance to go. I was too busy at home doing stuff. Um, just I think it was more console stuff. It was like a big, massive console selling area. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. we'll find out if someone's been there or not. I couldn't I've seen it. it on Twitter. I think the RGDS guys have done a podcast from there. So oh, that'll nice. probably be out in the next couple of weeks. Oh, cool. So I'll be able to work out what went on then. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody, somebody had a birthday, didn't they, somebody? Yes, yes. Any birthday my, pickups for later? My 35th on the 10th of November. You don't look that old, pal. No, no I'm a bit really older don't. than that. So we went to Wales this last weekend, and in the last two hours, I've only just got back. So you got basically rain for your birthday? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love a bit of rain for my birthday. A promised wife, right? We wouldn't go in any arcades because... You lying get. We always go somewhere, and I just end up... So I very nearly came tr came through with a promise. I just went in one arcade. Just one? Which was on near... Oh, it is in Prestatin, actually. Okay. Any minions um, in there for her? Uh, there was. There's loads of minions. They're taking over the world. They're everywhere, them flipping minions. I saw one in a shop, and you could microwave it. I don't know what... That's a bit cruel. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that, whether it's one of them things that warm up in your hands or... I don't know. But they've taken over the world, them minions. They have. Mm. I went to see Alex the other night. 
Alex Chocolate Alex. Egg. Oh, yes. Because he has uh, recently acquired, or he's had it for a while, a super rare PCB of the game Sky Skipper. Mm. Sky Skipper. Oh. And it's the actual PCB of it, and they're very, very rare. And I went around to see him. I actually had to help him in with it, as usual, because he was roped me into stuff like that. And he, when, we, when we was getting out of the... He's got a tiny little van. It's around the back of his house. And he had this old... Um, his Popeye cab in there, because that's what he put the PCB into play. It's a horizontal game. And he said... Well, as we were doing it, sort of in the dark, pulling this big heavy thing out of the, ca- out of the car, he said, we've done this a few times, haven't we? And I thought, yeah. for God's <laughs> sake, I've done this about a hundred times with you. I've probably done that more with him than anyone else. Yeah. But we, um, we got it out. Luckily, Nintendo cabinets aren't that heavy, quite thin. We got it out, got it on in there, sort of checked out before we plugged it in. We got the PCB out, plugged it in, and guess what? Worked first time. Ah, excellent. I actually recorded some bits and bobs, so I'll put mine here. And I'm here in Alex's uh, Nintendo cave, and it's a lot different from when I remember it last. You've got a lot less cabs in it now, mate. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, a lot more room. <laughs> yeah, a lot more room. That's always good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I prefer the layout now. I mean, having that lineup of cabs was great, but I don't know. No if room. Have, if you have a few people over, it soon fills up. You have two people over, it fills yeah. up in here. So we've got Donkey Kong Jr., yeah. Sheriff, and Donkey Kong. Yeah. And your little red tent. Yeah. A little corner with some consoles on as well. Yeah, and a space launcher in the corner. Oh, yeah, he's hiding underneath there, isn't he? Yeah. Is that the old black and white one? That's the colour one. Oh, it's the colour one. The black one's in the house. So All I've right. got three in the house. I've got the Sheriff, Sega Sheriff, upstairs. Oh, yeah, I forgot you had that. I've got uh, Space Fever, black and white. Yeah. I've got Space Firebird I'm restoring. All right. Another one. Another one. How many of you have those I'm, now? You know I got rid of Space Firebird and I really miss it. It's a good little it's game, a, actually. It's a really good it's game, nice game, actually. Game, yeah. yeah, and do you know what's the cab? The game I remember most when I was a kid. Yeah. Every pub seemed to have one at the end of the garden. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we got a lot of these brown and white cabs, didn't we, in the UK? Yeah, yeah got, I really like. We got them. about seven between us in yeah. the time. I'd like, we? To, I'd like to find a sheriff actually, so I could take it out yeah. to events. Yeah, you know? We, well, you know one, know of one, don't I know you? Know of one, but he won't sell. No. <laughs> How much money have you thrown at him? <laughs> Give me it. No, take my money. He, his father had it um, in a swimming pool he's up he owned or something back oh, in right. the day so he doesn't want to sell it That's which is fair, fair enough. enough yeah old heirloom i suppose isn't it yeah yeah i guess so um but it would be cool to have that because i can't take this one to an event it'd be too risky yeah if you don't I, want to take it up there, it would be the end of it wouldn't oh it? god yeah i wouldn't take no you can't take it anywhere leave no. it leave it there bottle so. it to the floor don't move it so yeah here we are a lot more room and I, you know it's a bit of more of a console setup as well which I like you know, yeah. I like my console stuff so well you got the, I got the two main ones Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong yeah, Jr yeah they're the ones I play the most they're my favourites as well yeah. that's the ones I swap in and out of my, my yeah. uh, cabinet yeah but for the meat and potatoes of this interview yes. we're here to look at Skyskipper yes now we, we reviewed it yonks ago didn't we when we stood in the podcast and you know I looked for it yesterday actually and I couldn't find it my iTunes doesn't go back that far oh right it's a long long time it's about number 6 or something like that no it's not deleted they're all still there as far as I remember yeah you can still get them but yeah it's a long long time ago and I remember you beat me as well (laughs) yeah yeah, well, I got quite into it. It's quite, there's a little bit more to it than meets the eye, this game. I mean, first of all, you think I was just flying around bombing and picking up these odd little creatures, but... Yeah, there's a bit of tactics in it. There are, it? because you can get, like, you can pick them up in order to get, like, a royal flush. So oh, you right, get extra yeah. points. It's themed on, on the clubs, spades, diamonds, and exactly. cards, isn't it? And yeah. you've got fuel... So you've got to watch your meter, fuel yeah. meter, that can run it. But you can land and refuel. And refuel. Was that by the flag, I remember? That's right, yeah. yeah I remember now. Yeah. So you've got two PCBs. Two PCBs. Now, and these are previously unheard of. No one had them. 
No, we've well, never was... seen one in all our collecting time, have we? No, I mean there was one. There was a Swedish guy that had one. Um, he has got a blog on one. Um, yeah. And he was tr basically this game did not do very well in the arcade. So what Nintendo did, or what we believe, mm -hmm. is they probably had a few of these boards left over, and they said, "Oh, what can we do with them? Oh, we we'll convert them to Popeye because that's doing really well." So yeah. I think the remaining boards they had, they factory modified them to play Popeye. Yeah, because we're looking at them now, um, and it looks it looks rather like my four-layer Donkey Kong, which is yeah. a. Uh, what you believe to be a cocktail PCB because a normal sized Donkey Kong won't fit in a Nintendo cocktail, right, it's too yeah. big. And this looks very similar but not as many layers. Mm -hmm. And I can actually see on there, there's King King Syndicates yes. on there, which was who owned Popeye. That's it, that's the company ah. that owned all of Popeye's rights, like in board games, cars, everything to do with Popeye, you'd have had King yeah, Syndicate, fit, King Syndicate, what was it? Features. Features, it? yeah. yeah on everything so they had to put that sticker on there so at yeah. first glance if anyone's got a Popeye cabinet out there and it's running Popeye just have a look at your board you might actually have a Sky Skipper PCB yeah yeah and we can tell this is factory because it's got Nintendo all over it yeah. and you've got these stickers if it was a bootleg no one would have put a sticker on no. the Kingston because they wouldn't care no, about no, the it's Nintendo on the actual board yeah I, I, that, I can yeah. tell a Nintendo PCB a mile yeah. away because yeah. it's got it's actually got the proprietary connectors on the little black connectors which a lot of old Donkey Kongs have got yeah but it's also wired into an edge connector uh -huh. which will take Popeye yeah so that's what we're going to do in a minute is plug it into your Popeye cap yeah. and have a quick look at it but before we start that I just want to say how this came about because this Swedish guy had it you know how much I am a completist with collecting all these arcade cabs I wanted to have a complete Nintendo arcade collection that was my goal and this was one of the last sort of mystery games I was trying to hunt down yeah. and that Swedish guy had this but it wasn't working and he was trying to convert it back re-engineer the PCB back to Sky Skip and he hadn't done it yeah because this was Popeye as well so exactly. both of them were converted to Popeye and then until recently what was it a month two months ago yeah no longer than that three months ago we were on that raid and I found another skyskipper what I could chances, not believe eh? it what are the chances so then I approached my good friend Mark you know Mark he's an absolute genius with electronics yes clever guy clever guy I said what are the chances of converting this back without the schematics he said well if you can get hold of that other board there's a fairly good chance but without yeah. the other board it's going to be very difficult so then I brought the Swedish guy's board yeah and with the two together Three months later, he was able to re-engineer this board. I mean, so clever yeah. to do this. It's absolutely incredible. I still can't believe it now, what he's done. And yeah, he's, like, he's a clever bloke, isn't yeah. he? He's really clever. Oh, no, there was just so many <laughs> obstacles along the way, and at times I just thought, he's not going to do this. Yeah. He's know, managed to do both. He's managed to do wow. both. So we've wow. got two working original Skyskipper PCBs. I mean, there must be someone else out there, one, because it's, it's been downloaded onto main. Yeah, so someone's dumped the ROMs, haven't so they? So someone's got another yeah. board, but these are the only two we know of, as yeah, far definitely. as we know. So, um, but it would be good if anyone else has got a Sky Skipper out there, please contact us with any information. We'd love to know, yeah, because there's so little. Yeah, these these some of these old ones, like they, they normally call them before Mario, but this was a bit after Mario. Yeah, these boards are so hard to find. There was the recently the one with. Um, Monkey Magic. Monkey Magic yeah. was found, and they dumped yeah. that. And that was, yeah. that's a really good little game, but it's such a rare yeah. thing. Have you I mean, played that yet? I have, actually. It's a yeah. good little Is game. It? It's quite yeah. fun, yeah. And, you know, that game must have been must have been around. Yeah. But where did it all go? Did yeah. it ever come to the UK? Did it well, go to this America? apparently only was released in Japan, the same with Monkey Magic. Yeah. Um, 
I thought recently it must have been released in America because it's in a US American cab like this. But I, I thought these cabinets here, this Donkey Kong cabinets, were, were only made in America because it's got Nintendo of America, but yeah. apparently not. They did make them in Japan. I didn't know that. Oh, right. Did you know that? No. Well, no, not really, because... The Sanio monitors in them, which I'm looking at, the one in the back of the Popeye right now, mm. have got Japanese voltage. Right. Because it's a Japanese monitor, but it's yeah. obviously stepped down inside with the, yeah. the transformer and everything. And I thought they were American, but in Japan, especially back in the, in the late 70s and early 80s, I think they had a lot of cocktail cabinets. Because mm. they were in pubs and clubs, and people put their drinks on them, and they, they socially played together. Yeah. And they used to put them all back to back and stuff and played. And there's a lot of cocktails even now, if you go to mm. Japan and find them. So... I'm not sure there was so many so many wooden cabinets like we've got. But if you look at that flyer, I'll show you in a minute, I'll turn it, reverse it over. Yeah. There's three pictures of actual Skyskipper cabinets. Yeah. They're black and white, unfortunately. Yeah, that's we've never seen a colour picture, have we? No, so but my good friend Atari Tubin, who's supplied this for me, he actually gave me this. Yeah. Um, said this no, that was a Japanese cabinet. Oh right. This is an original Sky. This is where's the bloody PCB? Yeah, <laughs> and it's in Japanese. So this is a Japanese flyer, definitely. And on the back, it's got a cocktail, which is yeah. different to the ones we've got because it's got yeah. a, it's got a dark lid rather than a, a cream coloured lid. Yeah, and a wooden the, looks like a wooden. Yeah, the, 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 the whole cabinet looks different because ours are metal. Yeah, and next to that is a cabaret, which is like that de uh, space demon. Yeah, and there's a Donkey Kong one of those, well, I've seen yeah. a Donkey Kong one, and then there's the upright one. Which, which is... I thought was the US cabinet only, but apparently they came out in Japan as well. I mean, wow. this is a Japanese flyer, remember? Yeah, yeah. So it must have been over there. It must have been. Because it's got all the specs there in Japanese, the yeah. heights and everything, and the weight yeah. and all that lot. Shame it's black and white, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real shame. Mm. It's got a lovely bezel but on it and stuff as well. from that, I mean, we'll get onto the artwork in a minute, but... Um, we're really trying to just make the artwork up, really. We haven't got a lot to go. There's so little on this game. It's incredible. Yeah. Really. So, should we fire this up, then? This Let's is the first, okay? okay. I mean, I've, I've play-tested the game a little bit, but this is the first time, really, we're going to play it properly. Right, then. Alex is getting in the back of his machine now. So, it's the same pin-out as Popeye, except we do have an extra button, because Skyskipper uses a bomb button. That's right, yeah. So, my good friend Mark's wired up an extra button for me. Excellent. So originally you were going to do a cocktail for this, weren't you? I did, but you know, I just thought, look at this artwork, you know, it deserves an upright. You You're know? a sucker for artwork, aren't I you? I know, I do like it. And I just thought, you know, let's get this out on the road, let's get people playing it, I thought, you know, it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be nice. Ah, that's your extra button. Yeah. Okay, so I see. panel switch, and I think we've just got to do a little bit of a bodge and just wire those up. This Fold is, them together. This is that a proper do. bomb button. Yeah, look at that. Okay. Make sure you ain't touching anything metal. Yeah. Don't want it on the edge. Yeah, keep it away from the transform, mate. That's a pretty good idea. So let's fire that up. Right then, put it into the uh, fingers crossed transformer. I'm going to go around the front and have a look at it. Yeah. I'll tell if there's any flames. Don't think so. Oh, hang on. There you go. I heard a, a hum. Nice hum. Oh, there you go. Straight up. Awesome. Yeah, look at that. It's got 90 credits on it as well. So right, I'm just going to put this up here and I'm going to have a quick go. Right, so that's your play one. You've got your bomb and your thrust, okay? Okay. 
really good at this run because you beat me on the challenge when we did yeah. it. It's really colourful, isn't it? So you see the four squares at the top there, got the question mark in. Yeah. If you can get like a flush of little cards, you'll get an extra bonus. You can oh, bomb the cons and then yeah. you can pass right through them. Okay. I played this for a while actually. I actually think the detail on the plane is really good for its time. There's a lot of colours in it, aren't there? The landscape's not so good, but the actual detail of, of the little gorillas and the plane's really good. Yeah. And the eight way's working, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, it seems to be, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fine. It's going cool. diagonal. Cool. Oh, 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 that's it. Nicely oh, done. Oh, you've got to watch the clouds yeah. too, don't you? It's a bit like Fast Freddy. <laughs> 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 what a cloud hurt you. Oh, some more of those little guys there. Nice. That's it, yeah. done it. Well, well done. done. Well done. There he is. Do you reckon that's a tune a bit? Did they use Son of Donkey Kong music? I think so, yeah. I thought they did, yeah. Nice. Night, night level now. This is... Because this is Dumpton name, isn't it? Well, yeah, I can't remember yeah. it being like this. Yeah. It looks different. Everyone's just imagining it different. Have that, you old monkey. Oh, it's me picking up with decent people. Yeah, so as soon as you bomb the grids, you can actually pass through them. Oh, okay. Not worry about, because they're knocked oh, okay. out, see? Which is, makes things a little bit easier. I think there is a limited amount of bombs as well, but there's no gauge the, for if it. If the monkeys get knocked out over the, one of the guys, you yeah, can't get them. Exactly, oh, yeah. Still war. When you die, there's a stars fly out. It's quite yeah. nice, that. It's my last life. Oh. Oh, you missed it. I thought we got it in that monkey with me thing, with bubbles. Oh, nicely done, nicely done. Actually works really nicely, this control yeah, panel. Yeah, it does, yeah. Nintendo. It's a really narrow little gap, isn't oh, no, it? yeah. Only got three, four more to get. Ooh. Two more. Right. King and Jack. Because you get them in the right order, you get more points. Yeah, you get you? more points, but you know, at this stage, there's one. That's one of them. King left, he's at right at the other end. There he is. Oh, I oh, oh, nearly done it as well. Really? Too bad. I think I'm dead. Ah. Good game, good game. <laughs> nice. It's alright, it. isn't it? It plays better on a real cab. Yeah. So we've got a versus control panel set up here. Yeah, just to flex the two buttons. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Nice. In a Popeye cabinet. So when are you going to start on the new cab? And how are you going to well, make I've got it? Well, I haven't got the money at the moment to get another <laughs> cab. Um, I, well, first I've got to find another Popeye cab. I've got a lead on one already. Okay. And then once Muddy Music's done all the artwork, then, you know, sometime in the summertime, yeah. Blue, orange, red? Which colour are you going to do? I think we'll have to go with blue. It looks it looks yeah. blue on the fly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's black I and white, it looks blue. pale colour, so it's got to be blue, right? Yeah, I think blue. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter, because we don't know, but if one 
If a picture turned up and it was blue and ours was a completely different colour, I'd be a bit gutted. I think it'd probably be blue. <laughs> yeah, because that was, those were the, yeah. the prime colours they used. Yeah. So original, original Kongs are normally red. Then yeah, it went up to light blue. Well, that was a radar scope, really. Yeah, then it went to a light blue. And juniors are normally in orange. Yeah. And Popeyes are normally in blue. Yeah. Yeah. And Donkey Kong 3 was in anything because it was a kit. Yeah. So they just put that in any case. Looks nice in, in blue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Nice. Right then. Thanks, Alex. I'm going to go to your uh, red tent in a minute. Yeah, have a go, mate. Cheers, bloke. So that was good stuff. It was really yeah. nice, actually. It was, um, we, we did. I actually looked when he was putting, when he was getting the machine together, I said to him, we reviewed this, and I think you beat my score. And he said, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't find it on, on iTunes. I think iTunes only lets you see so many in the past, and you've got to go somewhere else to find the, the old episodes. And it was oh, yeah. episode number four. Wow. That's like two years ago now, I think. And he did get about 3,000 more points than me, so he did beat me at it. I had a good go of it. Um, and it seems better on a proper cabinet. It was an mm. all right little game. It's quite fun. And, and when you sort of play it a bit more, it does get a little bit deeper. You do notice different things about it. There's different rules, and it's pretty good. Decent. And he's got two of these PCBs. Mm, he's put a little thread on his Ninty Arcade site, hasn't he? Yeah, he's going to be or making a, a cabinet for it as well in the mm. future. So he's getting all the, the artwork done up and everything, which would be nice. Because there's, be there's not one existing as far as we know. Yeah, he's just having to go off of flyers and sort of yeah. that kind of thing, isn't he? Definitely. It's so, so super rare. It's unbelievable. Mm. But the way he found them is, is brilliant. I also was helping out someone with their Asteroids Deluxe machine. I had to go around there on my own and put it all back together, and that was horrible. I absolutely hated it. It's got a great big heavy glass mirror inside. Yeah. It's a reflected game, and I couldn't get the damn thing in there. And it's, I was doing it on my own, and my back was hurting. And it's just a nightmare. And I put all the bits back together and got it all sort of uh, working back in there. There's still a few little problems with it, which I have to sort of deal with. But, um, yeah, it's a pain in the backside. It really is. And also, when I got home... I put my um, Asteroids on to have a game of it, and mine wasn't working either. Right. Which was really annoying. It kept coming up with some error, uh, D1. And I asked my good friend Gudler, Martin White, and he said, oh, you want to try this RAM? Just just remove it. Sorry, it wasn't a RAM. It was a ROM. Remove it and put it back in if clean the legs if need be, because it's probably the, the rusty old sockets. And I think it was. I pulled it out and put it back in again. It's working again now, luckily. What? What about the high scores? They still on? Yes, they're still there. They're still. Safe. Oh, that's good news. That's yeah, good news. it was just a, it was just a ROM playing up. It wasn't sort of um, quite connected properly because the the sockets in those old um, Atari PCBs are notorious for going wrong. So I might have to just replace them one day. Right. I've got nothing else to do. I think the test mode switch, uh, switch is a bit dodgy as well. Because when you put it into test mode, it keeps sort of flashing on in test mode on and off. So I think it's just the switch is a bit knackered. I have to sort it out. Right. right. Also, Simon Dennison from the Four Quarters Bar, Simon Den, yep. he came round for some help with a cab shell that he has plans for. Uh, more about that in the pickup section. Uh-huh. But until we get to there, let's do some arcade news from around the world and local areas. Okay, well, first off, we've got Mr. Chucky Egg Sky Skipper Restoration Rework, which we've already talked about. Yep, but we have a link. Ninty Arcade. Yes. So everyone go there, have a look. It's quite good. And uh, Play Mechanics, which is a new, uh, well, I was going to say a new arcade company, but they're actually 20 years old. Wow. Right? I'll just read you a bit off Arcade Heroes' website. Play Mechanics turns 20 years old. One major arcade game developer will be celebrating 20 years, known as Play Mechanics, founded by George Petro in 1995. And loads of people from Midway joined this company. Hmm. 
and they're very famous for doing the Big Buck Hunter series, which has gone on to like massive things in America. Oh god, yeah, there's thousands of those machines, isn't there? Loads of them. Yeah, Terminator Salvation, Aliens Extermination, and in two thousand and five or six, I think Raw Thrills, Eugene Jarvis's company, bought them out, so they're now a subsidiary of Raw oh, Thrills. Wow, cool. Yeah, so well done, Play Mechanics. I know people are not so into some of the new games, but some of them are all right. Some of them. Well, are right. they're still in the arcades. Yeah. It, look, it looks lovely as well. The actual graphics look really nice on it, and the cabinets are great. Mm, yeah, cabs are gorgeous. Mm. Oh, here's a good one. Oh, 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 oh. Shmuplations. Shmuplations. Is a guy, right, who takes Japanese interviews with people and news stories and translates them into English. Oh, well done, sir. And he's taken three different interviews with Masanobu Endo. Endow. Masanobu Endow. Yeah. Who's the programmer of Xevious. Oh, nice. So he's taken three interviews from 1985, 2003, and 2014. Cool. And he's, put, he's translated them, and they're a really interesting read. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Xevious. When I was at Alex's, I had a, a quick go on his um, red tent afterwards, his Nintendo red tent. You know, it's got two games, one either side. Yeah. And one side he had on Super Xevious, which is very similar to the NES version. Really mm. good little game. It's quite different to Xevious, and I really enjoyed it. He said he's not really played it that much. I had a good go of it. It was good. And on the other side was Pinball, which is like a video pinball, Nintendo version. Yeah. It's such a great little game. It's a real little gem. I'd never played it before. And on my first go, I smashed his score. In your face, <laughs> Chucky Egg! In your face. Yeah, I did really well at it. There's a bit on it, because when, when the ball goes off, it's sort of got two screens on top of each other, so it jumps to the one above when you're in sort of the top end of the table. And you play in there. When it comes down, um, you play in there. You've got loads of flippers and stuff. And then when you get it in a certain hole, it jumps to another screen. And instead of just using like the two buttons for left flipper and right flipper, you grab onto the joystick... And you move Mario, he's got like a tea tray on his head. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. an, it's like an Arkanoid game. You've got to try and free the princess. Right. It's a really cool little game. It's excellent. Really, really enjoyed it. Those pinball games live and die on the physics, don't they? Yeah, but because it's a video one, it's obviously made for video and it's not trying to emulate a real table. It works mm. really, really well. It's like the Atari video pinball, which is absolutely mm. brilliant game. But it works really well. It's excellent. I've played some good pinball ones and some bad pinball ones, but I'd say the best one is probably a Metroid one on the Nintendo DS. Ooh. I think it was Metroid Prime Pinball or something. It was so good. Really oh, wow. good game. I like it when they theme them with that stuff. It's good. Especially when Nintendo use their own, their own IPs, which they always do. Mm. Like it. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. I'll have to stop doing that. Sound a bit stupid, don't I? Yeah. Sound like a strange monkey thing. <laughs> Interesting, a twin-stick shooter called Shmado on Steam. Have you had a look at this? I did, yeah. I was thinking about buying it. It's only about pound fifty, isn't it? It's not a lot of money. Yeah, it's not like that. It's, it's a really bonkers, very strange graphic thing. It looks like a horizontal Robotron bullet hell psychedelic mind mash. With tiny little graphics, just little blocks. Yeah. Which I always like that sort of thing. I think they're quite, quite good, the little sort of very, very minimal graphics. Yeah. But loads mm. of explosions everywhere. That could be the future of twin stick shooters right there coming at you. Atcha. Atcha. There's one, oh, there's another bit of news here, not arcade related, but some nutter has made a new game for the Magnavox Odyssey. Yes. Complete with TV overlays of his own. 
I had a look on this, um, and it's actually a limited edition re-release from this guy did something in 2009. Ah, right. And it was the first game released in 36 years for the system. And this was one that Ralph Bayer did, the first video console. Yeah. Home console. Only eight carts have ever made for it. The game looks like a line and two big blocks on the screen. And it comes with its own little paper pad to keep scores. Proper old school. Didn't, <laughs> didn't even save the scores. Or didn't even print the scores on the screen. But it's, it's, it's just two blocks. It's like sort of an inch square white block. Two of them and a line. I have no <laughs> idea how the game works. But fair play to him though for actually doing it. Yeah, the Odyssey, the original Odyssey wasn't actually programmable, was it? No. It was just the the different pins that you changed with the cartridge, weren't it, that made the yeah. made the two blocks and the and the paddle do different things. I think. So I think he said he used he used number eleven rather than number eight and did something to it, and it's just like some some bits soldered together. I don't think there's any components or anything. It's just I don't know. It's really weird how it works. <laughs> Hours of fun yeah. with two blocks and a line. Uh, yes, he's doing very well, that lad. I say you hit my line with your block. <laughs> oh dear me. <laughs> Here's a good one. Can you remember, it's a while ago now, there was a book called Arcade Art, and it was a book of flyers and market, not flyers, marquees. Yeah. And it was 2013 when it got funded on, I think it must have been Kickstarter. Right, okay, it's a long time And then ago. it all sort yeah, it all sort of died off. It's back again, though. Okay. Bitmap books have picked it up. Yeah. And they are publishing, and it's coming out soon. Oh, cool. So I might actually get that because... You like that sort of stuff? Yeah, in the little advert, there's 1942s on it. There's one of oh, the, yeah. One of the marquees that is sort of in the advert for it, say. Sean and 1942 sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Not for long. Oh, yeah. There might be a new kid on the block. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We will talk about that later, mate. But in the meantime, let's talk some pickups. Pickups. I've got a new cabinet. Yes, go on. It's a wooden thing. Yay! With nothing in it. Boo. Oh, it's, that's good, because I'm going to put stuff in it. Uh, a new cab shell, shell from Simon. Mm. He, he contacted me a little while ago and said, oh, I know you're after a little cab. Remember I was after a little one to do as the 10 pence arcade cab? Yeah. And he said, oh, I've got one for you. I've got actually two. I said, oh, great. How much do you want for it? He said, oh, no, no. I just want you to do a panel for me. Make a panel for me and give us a hand with a few bits. I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. So he came around a weekend after, which was last Saturday now. And he bought two of them in, in his big, massive cab-moving wagon. He's got one of these big uh, four-wheel drive thingies. And he brought them yeah. around. We squidged them out. And I did a few things on his and a few things on mine. And it was a bit of a nightmare, actually, because I had to reroute some grooves in it, you know, for the T-moulding? Yeah. And my router bit died on me. It sort of started smoking and, and fell apart and didn't work. So we had to go to Kingston to try and find a new bit. We couldn't find one. So, and we got back and we couldn't find a new bit. So I have to do other stuff to it. Kingston, Jamaica? Yeah, and it was over to Jamaica for a bit. <laughs> no, the one that's upon the Thames. Uh, oh, okay. Close to me. So yeah, I was doing that. And um, this weekend, I've been doing a lot to my one. I've done all sorts to it. Um, I actually yeah. got some new T-molding slot routers. I bought two now. So I've got one in reserve in case it happens again. So I routed a T-molding slot as there wasn't one on my machine. The two machines were, were identical, but only, only shells, of course, and no monitors in them, nothing like that. I think it had a panel. Uh, there was no monitor chassis, but there was a power supply for the monitor, an isolated power supply, 
and there was a switching power supply. And they both worked, even though they looked like they'd been in the bottom of a well for 200 years. Yeah. But they both worked fine, actually getting good voltages out of them. But I've replaced them with new ones anyway, because I, I did have, have some spare. And one of the machines didn't actually have any T-molding in it. It actually used edge stripping. Like, if you imagine on the side of a table where they just glued it on. Yeah. yeah. And my one, which you gave to me, was the one without the edge strip. And what someone had done, one of the arcade operators had done in the past, instead of putting actually routing the slot and putting proper T-molding in, they just put some electrical tape down the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> How fetching it looked, too. <laughs> yeah, God. That was right. a real bodge. There was a back edge that was coming away on one of them as well, so I had to, um, had to repair that. There's sort of a gap in the side of the machine where it come away from the, the little tenons that were holding it together. Yeah. So I whacked a load of screws in the side of that. Bang some screws in it. Yes. Ain't going anywhere now. Fixed. I got a light strip for the marquee area because this cabinet didn't even have a marquee light inside it. Right. Yeah, he had the area for it, you know, where it's sort of at head height. It's a little bit lower because it's quite small, but at head height. Yeah. And there was no marquee light in there at all. There wasn't any fixings. No one had, like, taken it out. It had never been in there. And oh, the piece of, And the piece of glass in front of it was just a black piece of glass with a little tiny logo on the left-hand side where someone had sort of removed some of the paint and put a logo in there. So it never even had a marquee light. Weird. Which is really skanky. Mm. I made a new back door as well today. Yeah. And instead of what I'm going to do with Simon's one is actually drill more holes in the panel he's got and put another panel on top of it to hide the, the existing holes because he just wants um, I think two sticks and one button either side for the game he's going to put in there, which I gave him the PCB for as well. But all will be revealed later at the four quarters when he finally gets it done. Ah, right. And my one, I've put a piece of wood on the front. Instead of using a bent metal panel, which I can't mm. bend the material because I don't work anywhere that, that does any metal bending anymore. I wanted to make just some flat panels because I want to put a different controls in. I want, I want two joysticks for like rescue. Yeah. Yeah. And I want a single joystick with buttons either side for stuff like 1942 and Banku Paniku and stuff like that. Banku Paniku. It's only ever going to be a one player panel, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I need two joysticks for that. And I was going to think about doing one with a trackball in it. But because this, the, the area where you can put the controls in it is so small because it's such a small cabinet. I can't actually physically get any trackballs in there. Could you not put a sm- smaller trackball in there? Like, there's a smaller one for centipede, isn't there? Yeah, I've got a small one, and it still won't fit. It's oh, not a lot wow. of area. Unless I can find some sort of really tiny little unit, I'm not sure I have to look up about that, but I'd like to play centipede in that machine. Mm, right, yeah. So that's the idea, is getting different panels in there. Um, some red T-moulding has been ordered, so it's going to be black and red. It's going to look really nice. You will be doing the logos for me for the marquee. Yes, I've had, I've had a quick look at that. Yeah. Awesome. No rush, though. Um, I've also put the monitor. I've had, I found a spare monitor in the loft, and I've mounted that on the actual... It's like a sort of wooden panel that goes in, and you can slide it in, and you can turn it 90 degrees when you take it out and put it back in 90 degrees, so it can be horizontal or vertical. Yeah. I've done all nice. that. I haven't tested the monitor yet, but it's all wired up, ready to go. I ran out of time when I was going to test it. I've rewired the jammer harness on it. Mm-hmm. And I've rewired all the other bits, you know, the sort of other buttons around the front, um, the coin slots, all that sort of stuff, the the colours for the the video, and the speakers. So all that's done. It's it, when I get a panel on there, it will actually be playable. But I've ordered some vinyl for the side, or well, some black ash effect DC vinyl on the side. Yeah, which would be quite nice because it's quite smooth already, but it's a bit scuffed. And I've also got some perspex for the marquee as well. 
I did buy a marquee light, but it's slightly too big to fit in there. I've got a slightly smaller one because it's really, really... It's only 500mm across this cabinet. It's quite small. Right. Which is exactly what I wanted. You have been busy, haven't you? I have, yeah. Also, yeah. we've been in the loft, and I've taken all the rubbish I've got in the loft, the loads of consoles and old cartridges and bits and bobs, and I'm going to be selling a load and giving a load away and basically having a massive purge on the stuff I haven't used for years on end. Oh, that's good. Mm. Yeah. A clean-out. A good clean-out, yeah, so I can put mm. more arcade stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> I have three pickups. Okay. Very vaguely arcade-related. Yeah. I've got an Asteroids T-shirt from the Tony Doyle T-shirt company. Oh, marvellous place. I think he should rename that. So it's it's a mar- it's the Asteroids marquee because I, I love the game at the moment. So I've got one of them. Anything else? I have got a new Ethernet cable for plugging in. <gasps> wow, Ethernet. Put- what does it do? Ethernet cable. Ethernet- oh, brilliant. Ethernet- plug it in your router and plug it in your laptop and you have a really fast speed for speaking over Skype when recording podcasts. Wow. Instead of it going all stuttery because of the Wi-Fi. Mm. As we are doing now. And I've got some waterproofs for walking in the wet in Wales in arcades. That's that's very tenuous that's arcade. A very link. tenuous link, but you sort of shoehorned it in a little bit there. Yeah, I was wearing them when I went in the arcade yesterday. So oh well, that's that, okay then. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's it. One other thing I forgot to say: um, the PCBs that Sarge has designed and had made have arrived with him, and I should be getting those soon. So I'll be on to the Vectrex controllers soon. Oh, excellent. I chopped up the metal at work the other day, which you're going to make the, the bodies for them with. I think we're going to make 11 in total, and that's it. No more after that. So we're sort of going to get on with that and get them done. That's all the pickups out of the way. Shall we get on and do some feedback? We have some feedback from two people have asked us to add games to our our listeners list. Yeah. Andrew they? Anderson asked us to add equities to the game list. Oh yeah, that's a good little game, I think. Mm, is that a vertical shooter, is it? Horizontal it shooter. Horizontal shooter. Mm-hmm. I have to have a look at that one. And Leslie asked us to add Alan Sindom. Alan Sindom. Alan Sindom. Oh Alien Syndrome. That's the one. But you saying in the notes you're saying it's broken from level two onwards in May. Yeah, the last because th- I wanted to put Alan Syndrome on. I like a yeah. bit of Al- I like a bit of syndrome with Alan's. Yeah. And I tried to play it a while back and I did the first level, which is quite easy to do, and then the second level, all the graphics are corrupt. But yeah. I'm not sure it's been fixed in MAME lately because we got there's quite a few versions of MAME gone on since then. If I get some time, I'll do the first level again and have a look. Yeah. And if level two's mm-hmm. okay, we'll do it. Because Alien Syndrome's a great little game. So is it a gauntlet kind of Sort of, yeah, with, with yeah. slimy pink aliens. Yeah, I think it's decent. Alien, it's very decent. That. We've had more biscuit talk oh, between Mad Steve. Biscuit talk. Madsteve.com. Neil1637 and Vip. They're all talking about biscuits. So we're just let's just leave them to it because we're we're done yeah. with the biscuits now. We we we're like we're like biscuit pushers. Yeah. We've offered the first biscuits for free, and now we're just gonna let them suffer with their biscuits. There is a few biscuit. Okay, bits. let's do some real stuff. Mappy twenty four. Yes, yeah. Just listen to the new podcast, another excellent episode and an excellent choice of featured game, lol. Hmm, yeah, it wasn't. Mm, toot and calm. Not that anyone cares, but you mentioned the fact that it's not possible to fire up and down, which is true, and I think we all agree that this is a huge flaw in the game design. However, if you're caught in a vertical corridor and you're being chased, it is possible to fire while moving, and the faster baddies will hit your slow-moving bullets. I think this technique is mentioned in the main info for the game. Finally, you should check out the Atari 2600 version of the game. 
I had it as a lad and it might not look much, but I think it plays far better than the arcade version. And here's a video. So he's put a video in, which we should put in the notes so people can have a look themselves. Yeah. Just a minute. Was he banned for choosing that game? Mm, no, he was half banned because we half chose it. Mm, well, mm, okay. So if he's sort of half banned, he can only play a game with one hand. Okay. How about that? Pac-Man's all right, or Frogger. Yeah, yeah, I'll try something like that. He goes on to mention, never played next week's game, Batsgun. Mm. Looking forward to giving it a go tonight and being inspired to hook up my 1942 board again thanks to you guys talking about it. I'm determined to get it to the end this time. So he was obviously a good player as well. Yeah, he put a good score in, from yeah. what I remember, over a million. Yeah. Is he snapping at your heels, sir? Yes, I need to finish it as well. Get really away from do. my heels, snappy thing. <laughs> Ping Meister Sarge. <laughs> Great podcast as always, he's put. Sorry not been leaving comments. I tend to forget what I was supposed to write by the time we get to the end of the podcast been playing some batsugan and it's great he's also been playing loads of mushy himasama which is the game that's just been released on steam by cave Mm -hmm. and he likes that do you remember me telling you that i don't like the cut down naomi universal cows i prefer playing standing up that's exactly why i play better when i'm standing up i think the theory behind it is when you're sitting down you're a little more relaxed and when you're standing up it's almost like you're in a fighting stance and hence ready to go and end up playing better i suppose he's got a point there is logic in that there is logic in that yes you like you you stood up and you're ready to go kind of thing Mm. do you reckon you're more relaxed when you sat down actually i'm not playing games i'm not more relaxed sat down i don't know if you are i usually play games sitting down um, it mm. depends what game it is. If you're going to be there for a while, you need to sit down, really. You do get mm. a, bit of a, a bit of a stoop going on. Yeah. Also, I told you about Skullgirls months and months ago, which we mentioned, when you posted a thread asking us to tell us games that should have been in the arcades. I texted at you because I text you loads. This is going to be to you. Yeah. Does he text you loads? Sometimes. So, depends what we're up to. Yeah. So it's lost in the messages and I couldn't find it. It's now been upgraded to Skullgirls Encore and it's a fantastic game. My player choice is Parasol. Strange oh. name, isn't it? Parasol. Yeah. And he's on about the Commodore of Breadbin versions. Yeah. I said, I'm sure I said, we'll have to check back, Commodore 16 was black, and then someone else said it's dark, gray, dark brown. I said it's a poo colour because it was a rubbish computer. But it's not. Yeah, it was. Sarge has put it's very dark grey with light grey keys, and it looks black to me. It's very, very dark grey, black. Dirty poo colour. Yeah, so I was right, I think, on that. Do you reckon? Yeah. I only had the yeah, Commodore 64 and a VIC-20, so... Mm. Which were better and, yeah, by far. He's, yeah, and it goes on to the Commodore 64 light brown, Commodore VIC-20's beige. Mm-hmm. So the person that claims a C-16 is dark brown needs spec savers. It might be Neil, 1637. It was. Who has gone on to say... Who's gone on to reply to the same thread that Sarge put on the forums... Mm. The person was me, a proud Commodore 16 owner from yesteryear. My, how one's memory can fool one. It appears I am mistaken, but suitably reprimanded for my foolishness. Mm. It now appears that the C16 was not the brown lump, but it was a, a trend-setting black number way ahead of its time. He's put, Sean, Vic, everyone apologise. No need to apologise, Neil. Don't matter, do it? Yeah, he's, off, he's off to flagalagalate himself again. Yeah, he's going to flag a leg. Flag, I still can't say it. <laughs> How would you actually say it? Go Flagellate. On. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, I prefer my version. Well, what Sarge was saying about the game Skullgirls, it would be interesting if Arcade Club could get a spare machine, maybe a candy cap, and put some of these modern games in it. 
Because I presume you yeah. can get Skullgirls on Steam or PS4 or uh, Xbox One or whatever, and they could probably hook that up to a, an arcade cabinet and have it in a cab, because that's exactly where that kind of game belongs, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. they get all these sort of slightly more modern games on there. Turbo fighting game, so quick. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But playing against someone doesn't need to be... You know, it doesn't matter how quick it is, does it? Because you're against each mm. other rather than against a computer. Sergeant Neil, they're then talking about Commodore 16 games and they talk about a game called Mr. Puniverse. Yeah, I remember the name. Which, which looks like a kind of Jet Set Willy platformer thing, so you might have to check that out. Yeah, I sort of remember that being a Mastertronic game, I think. Right. What does Ed Horse have to say for himself? Great podcast as always. My cab will be complete before Christmas, so then I can finally compete. You can Ooh. compete anyway, Ed. You can compete on MAME or... Yep, you can indeed. Better on a cab, though. Oh, awesome. Yeah, oh, yes. We yes, want to see a picture of it, Ed Horse. Yes. In fact, anyone who's, who's working on a cabinet, we want to see pictures of it. Tell us about them. I had a, um, an interesting message on the Tenpence Arcade email. John Singletary. Hello, Vic and Sean. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Huge fan. You guys are hilarious and informative. I've listened to the entire catalogue. Ooh, thank you. Vic, I found a great barcade here in Orlando and I've attached a walkthrough video I made, shoddy quality. If your travels bring you to Orlando, I'd love to meet you for a round of games. Anyway, keep the great work and I will check in some stories about some cabs soon. So we should put that on the show notes as well. Thank you very much, John, for your video. We'd like to see the barcades, wherever they are in the world, really. Are you going to Orlando? Not this time. Right, right. But I'm sure I'll get there one day. We, we plan on doing most of America. We love it. Which, which sort of areas are you going? You sort of you going to Chicago, aren't you? We're going to Chicago, then we're going down south. Yeah, and we sort of end up in somewhere in Texas before we go home. Oh, plenty of arcade cabs on the way. Lots oh, of yes. arcade. Lots yes. of arcades. Neil sixteen thirty sevens puts more feedback on. Thank you. He says. It's a great listen. He also says he really likes the te- tech tips. They're just right for his level at the moment. Mm-hmm. He likes the live recordings, those audio diaries and silly things that we do, yeah. capturing the moment. He can't wait to go to Arcade Club. And he put on, he's going on the 14th, which as we record this is last night. So he may have gone, may oh, have nice. gone last I night. I hope so. And he also, he ended up liking Toot and Calm in the end. He played it that much, he ended up liking it. Hmm. Unlike us. No. Still hate it. Horrible game. And he's tried playing Batsugan with a keyboard, but Ooh, no. failed, failed to get any decent score. So he's building himself an arcade stick. Okay. Not, not buying one, but he's, he's good at building stuff, isn't he? Did he build that DK? He did. He did a little, little mini- Donkey Kong bar top. It's lovely. Yeah, awesome. Lovely little thing. Thank you for that, Neil. I think if you make your own stuff, it is better as well, because you can put exactly what you want in it. You, know, you can put what kind of joystick mm-hmm. you want in it. You can put what kind of feel of buttons you want in it you can put them exactly where you want them to be you know you can, yeah if you're yeah. pretty good at that stuff it's great great idea and also he finishes off by saying i know this this podcast must take up a lot of your time but please keep it up i seem to have grown quite attached to you over the months Aww. keep for lagalagalating <laughs> it does hurt though yeah. uh, k-man sweden lost tomb is what this week's game should have been he's referring to tutankham also a stern game and i've put on there Poor Man's Berserk. Because that's what Lost Tomb is. It's Poor Man's Berserk. Is it four-way fire, though? It's a four-way fire with very skinny sort of graphics and sort of similar kind of uh, animation. It's more like... I think it's more like Berserk than Tutankham. Definitely. Can you choose your path? Is it a pyramid? You can choose your path through it. I believe so, yeah. You can do different levels, yeah. Darren Daz Borg's been on. 
Great episode, guys, and that's not because I'm on it. Wink emoticon. Wink emoticon. Wink emoticon. Uh, <laughs> someone called Legendary Whizball, good name, top score and top podcast, and I don't even like custard... Whoa. Doesn't like custard creams. He's a friend of mine. Biscuits and put, are back. And he's put on there, hashtag NZ Biscuits Are Better. Are, are New Zealand biscuits really better than ours? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not so sure. I've got no. a lot to live up to. They have. We got we got dark chocolate obnobs, pal. Oof. Lesley seventy. All that Batsugan talk and scores on Twitter. It had us actually trending on Twitter. In between <laughs> Chesney Hawks and something called Global Hypercolor. I thought he was being serious, and I looked for it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I, I looked as well. We weren't trending. I think you got up about no. a zillion views, and we had about seven. Yeah. Yeah. It really got me on that one. Uh, Jeff Prescott. Greets Sean. Jeff from No Quarter. I do have some arcade games in a very full garage. Uh, Jeff has been on to us on Twitter, and I asked for some... He said, oh, what do you want to, what do you want to know about me? Because we're quite interested in the new host of No Quarter. Sounds yeah. a great guy. He's very interesting. Uh, he knows what he's talking about on the arcade side, and we'd like to know if he actually has any cabs or not, and apparently he has. Uh, and I do know for a fact he's got an Asteroids Deluxe, and I think he's redoing the monitor on it as we speak. Excellent. Which is cool. So, yeah, get in touch, Jeff. We want to see what other games you've got. Pictures are always good as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can talk about it on No Quarter, because Mike hasn't got any games, and I think he should go and buy himself one immediately. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think that's about it for the, uh, the feedback. Let's do some shout-outs. Yes. Any for you? I'm just going to give one shout-out to my very patient wife Jan yes who's put up with all my arcade madness and we've just had a lovely weekend away and I'm still sneaked in a little arcade yeah so she's doing very well to put up with me really she might be listening I don't know the door's open she might be listening yeah she'll come in with a rolling pin in a minute and duff you up with it whack (laughs) yeah waff Jan is brilliant she's lovely Mm. for putting up with you for a start yeah that must take some putting up with Avic absolutely I've got two, actually. Simon, Simon Dennison, for coming around with that cabinet for me. Yeah. And we didn't have a chance to talk on, on mics about the Four Quarters, but I'm going to get him back, and he can tell us about the Four Quarters basement. They've got a basement there now, and they've got a load of cocktail cabinets in there. Ah, oh, excellent. Because uh, Alex built the bar down there for him, as he built the upstairs one as well. So I'm going to try and get along to the Four Quarters again soon, because I do fancy a little night out and go and see Simon up there. It'd be great. Yeah, that would be good. I'll try and get yeah. back there and have a, have a chat to him about it because it does sound pretty cool. And also, thank you for the, giving me the cab as well. And also to Alex Chuckyegg, my old co-host and friend, for inviting me around to have a look at his Sky Skipper and look at his arcade. It's brilliant. Really nice uh, night out. Mm. Right then, let's do some tech tips. Tech tips. I think I can safely say, Vic, that you should take the helm again at this section because you know with my vast knowledge i may you know sort of confuse people maybe yeah i shall put on my helmet and off we go yes (laughs) this is entitled new cab shenanigans shenanigans i love that word the first one is t-molding routing this is Mm. where you route a thin groove in the side of the cabinet for squishing the t-molding into yeah right for a start you need a cabinet Mm. got that and some hands. You need some hands. You need hands. And, and you also need a router with a T-slot cutter. Uh, these oh. aren't 
the routers you can get quite cheaply, and they're flipping dangerous. So be careful, everyone. Yeah. You can really hurt yourself with these, so do not do it unless you're competent. Honestly, mm. don't. That's and you also, yes, that's you out. Yes. I'll come around and do yours if you need it doing. <laughs> yeah. And you need a T-slot cutter with a bearing attachment on it, which is a guide, which will, when you go round the cabinet, it, it guides to the cabinet. You first need to set the router bit to the centre of the edge you want to slot. And you can use the fine adjuster on this because you've got a plunge adjustment where you plunge the router down and you lock it in to put the yeah. cutter into it. And you've also got some little stops on there. And when you want to just adjust it very slightly, you adjust the stops a little bit and then re reposition it. And when you get in the centre, that's exactly where you want to be. And the way you can find out whether you're in the centre or not is do it on a piece of scrap material that's the same thickness as your cabinet. And cabinets are nearly always three-quarter of an inch. And the closest yeah. thing to MDF is 18 mil you can buy, which is quite close. It's within a millimetre. And what yeah. you do is you do it on a piece of scrap. And if you haven't got a piece of scrap, you can actually do it on a piece of the arcade cabinet you're not going to see. So if you do it right down the back at the very bottom, where usually you don't T-mold that far round, yeah. you can do it there. And then you can try a, a little, you can sort of cut about two inches of T-molding off and try it in there. And if it's sitting in the middle, it's not overhanging over either side, you're in the right place. All right. And also, if you do do it wrong, you're not going to notice that much down the bottom. And the T-mold should sit in the middle, and you, can, you should be able to tap it in with a, a, with a, a non-marking mallet. I've got a, uh, a dead blow mallet, which has actually got some kind of sand in it. So when you hit it, it, it disperses the blow, so it doesn't bounce. But you don't need right. to go that technical. It's a little rubber, like a tent knocking in, you know, when you knock yeah. in the tent pegs. One of those, sort of like a rubber mallet. Yeah. As long as you don't mark the T-mold in, so don't use a metal-faced hammer. When cutting, hold the router flat to the cab side and have the guide bearing pressed up against the edge you are cutting to make it follow the contours of the cabinet. Be certain not to hit any foreign bodies in the cabinet. For instance, nails. Because yeah. guess who hit some nails with his T-molding slot cutter? Would that be you? It was, yes. That's what knackered the T-molding cutter. Right. Back in the day, what the lazy ops used to do is if T-molding was coming out, it wasn't sitting in the groove properly, what they should have done was remade the groove they should have filled in the groove with some sort of um, wood hardener or wood filler and then recut it so it's the, th- the, th- the right thickness again. Yeah. What they used to do is just nail the T-moulding on or put big mm. studs in it or some kind of um, staples. And what mm. I didn't realise is mine stud some nails in the bottom of it. And when I went round, I sort of heard some, I heard some little noise and I saw some flashes, some sparks, and I realised I'd gone through one of the nails. And it went straight through the nail, no problem, but it... it, it didn't break the cutter but it, it sort of it wore a bit of the cutter with the, the tungsten carbide edge, edge of it away so it wasn't cutting the wood properly it was just it was just sort of burning through the wood rather than cutting it yeah. so it knackered the cutter so i had to buy some new ones so don't hit any nails people the t-molding on my cab has got a couple of studs in it you know it look like it? staples yeah yeah, yeah just it's... underneath the control panel on the right hand side yeah if if a bit wasn't sitting in properly because what it does is the the t-molding t has got little barbs on and as you tap it in there it sort of grabs hold of the slot and it holds itself in tight and after a while if if it sort of gets you know the cabinet gets a bit worn and maybe gets slightly damp the the, the material blows out and the the slots get looser and then the t-molding just pops out and that's what they've probably done just to push it back in rather than redoing the slot like a normal person would they probably don't have time to do it and just slap some nails in it to hold it in that's what we right, used to do. Yeah. But when you go to do it, that would be okay in an arcade because you weren't ever going to re-T-mould it. When us 
collectors get hold of these things, they want to make them look nice and new, they want to put new parts on, that's when the, the studs and the, the staples and the nails get in the way. Mm. Also, when you start installing the T-moulding, start at one end, I usually start at the back, and knock the spine into the groove of your mallet. All, as you go around, you keep tapping it in as you go, and it goes in fairly easily. Make sure the T-moulding is nice and flat as you put it in. And when you get to a curve in the cabinet on the contours, yeah. you'll find that the, the barb of the T-moulding will actually bend round, and it won't fit in there probably. So what you've got to do is cut some little V-notches in it. So as you go around, uh, it's going to fit yeah, in there. Yeah? yeah? Makes got sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't, you don't really need to do this for shallow curves. It's sort of 90-degree curves and stuff that you need to put it in. You'll, you'll obviously know when you get to it because it, won't, it just will not sit in there. It'll keep popping out. Right. Make sure the T-moulding is pressed firmly in, especially around the corners. You don't want it popping out and leaving gaps while you happily go knocking the rest in, leaving an annoying gap behind you. Because what you have to do is pull it all out and then go around it again. And if you do that yeah, too many right. times, it's going to make the slot loose again, just like problems from before. So that's about it, really. It's quite easy to do. Uh, the T-modern could be a bit daunting if you've not used the router before, but as long as you go careful and go slow with it and watch what mm. you're doing, just be careful. And one more handy hint so you don't pull any big lumps off your cabinet. When exiting a cut, when you've finished, carefully remove the cut from the slot sideways. Don't be tempted to pull up because the cut will just take the cabinet away and it'll pull a bit of your cab off. Right. It'll rip straight through it at 20-odd thousand revs. It will break it. Uh, and the next time we do this, we're going to be talking about the same cabinet. I've got lighting strips to talk about, drilling locks, and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could put like a few handy pictures and stuff on the website, couldn't you, for this? Yeah, I can, actually. I'll do a mm. picture of the tea. Because the tea moulding has been ordered, but I haven't put it in yet because it's not arrived. I have got the tea slots in there. And I'll show pictures, mm. pictures of me pointing at a router. This is a router. Figure B. Don't touch this bit when moving at 20,000 revolutions. You could have sort of some animated blood and all sorts, couldn't you? That wouldn't be good. Be really good. Put some zombies in. Get Zom- some zombie routers. Get some shotguns. Oh, that's going to be great, this thing. You are shooting mad, you. T-mold zombie apocalypse. All right, enough of that. Let's, yes, let's calm down with a musical interlude. Right, yes, this week... We don't know what it is. Can you guess what piece of music this game is from? Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's pretend we've thought about it. And the winner, whoever says on Twitter, will get one million pounds. Supplied by the Holly Funding Association. When I say one million, I mean a lot less. Yes. M- maybe a shout out. You get a shout out.
Well, that was a great piece of music. What was that, Sean? Uh, you, you can you can suggest what it was, and I will tell you next time. <laughs> the power of editing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We may have some disagreements on this next section. Oh, missies. This is the featured game review. Do you want to take this? I do. Very much so. No! (laughs) This game (laughs) is called Batsugan. Special version is the one we're actually playing from Toa Plan 1993. Do you want to know how to pronounce it properly? Yeah, go on. Batsugan. 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 Can I say Batsugan? Yeah, you can. We always do. Yeah, That's and this good. version, the special version, mm. premiered at the Japan AOU show in 1994, probably February, I would think. Yeah. That's when it normally was, but I can't find much information about it. But it was never released because Toa Plan went bankrupt shortly mm. after. There are some boards that do exist, though. If you get the, ha- if you can get your hands on them, they'll oh, be like nine million pounds. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Right, it's controlled with an eight-way stick and three buttons: fire, bomb, and auto fire. Mm, sort of two buttons, really. Mm. One's just an extension of the other. Lazy. Mm, well, we'll come to that in a bit. Suniki Aikida, Kenichi Takano, and Junya Inui all had a huge part to play in this game, and they obviously went on to found Cave. It's controlled with an eight way stick and three buttons fire, bomb, and auto fire. Mm. Just a bit about the name. This is off main info. Mm-hmm. Batsugan, the word, means preeminence, predominance, or by far the best. These are sort of loose Japanese translations, I would guess. Okay. Batsu means dominant, outstanding, or excel. Gun is originally group or brigade, but also means common level. And Batsu also means a cross, an X. So in the logo of Batsugan, you've got a cross behind it. Yep. If you can see that. Yeah, so that's why there's an X under the logo, I think. Type of game. This is a very pretty five-stage vertical shoot 'em up. Mm. You shoot, you shoot metallic robot baddies, collect bonuses and power-ups, and you can power up your weapon. Mm-hmm. That is it. That is the game. You can choose from three different ships to start with, each with their own distinctive bullets. Which one do you usually choose? I choose type B. Type B. I was A, yeah. so there's more bullets. B was the fiery one, wasn't it? Yeah, it starts off like a weedy little bullet bee, but it ends up with the most powerful direct shot. Maybe that's where I was going wrong. Mm. Tell me the Mm. stages. The story from the flyer, by the way, is three words. Down with them. I think they pronounce it like this. That's the story. Down with them! (laughs) Down with them, the heretics. Yes. Yes, good, though. Apparently there is a big story, but it's not on the flyer. Mm. Stage one is an underwater level so you've got all these lovely bubble graphics and then you come up against a boss called Deep Purple Bow bow Stage 2 you're out of the water and your boss that you're facing is called Mad Zella How mad is she? She's incredibly crazy Yeah She's right crazy Stage three, you're flying over rock formations. The boss is called Mad Steel Darkness. I like that name, Mad Steel Darkness. Mad Steel Darkness. 
Stage four, up in clouds. Up in clouds. Up in flying over clouds, looking at sun. The boss is called Jupiter, and my favourite boss name. You go over a factory area in stage five. This is the last level. Ground of the galaxy. The galaxy. Galaxy instead of galaxy. I would say that's a bit of English from you from the Japanese translation. Yeah, they were good for that. The tower plan and cave games weren't they for a bit of English. Oh, they were awesome, weren't they? I love it. I love that English. So when you've done all that, you clear round one. The original, the original Batsugan game. You, the actual finished the game. It was the first tower plan game with an ending instead oh. of a not instead of a looping thing. But this one, they they thought you know they would give you a bit more. So you you start what they call round two on stage two. Oh, so you do okay. stage two, three, and four. And then if you finish that, you start round three on stage three. And round four on stage four, and then mm. and then you actually complete the whole game. So there's fourteen stages yeah. to finish, but only five different stages if you get my meaning. Yeah, I did all those. Did you? No. No. <laughs> there's a bar at the bottom of the screen that shows a weapon level. This is quite original. There are three levels and five stages of shot to each weapon level. Yeah. Shooting enemies gives a number of points from 1 to 100 points, and you level up a weapon level after 288 points. Mm-hmm. So you've got 15 different types of bullets. So level 1, you've got five different power-ups you can get, and then you, if you get 288 points, you go to level 2 weapons. You get another 288, you go to level 3 weapons. Yeah. Whenever you level up from, say, 1 to 2, you get a shield which allows you to take one hit before dying, and you can hear a little ping if you get hit. Ping. And there's a shadow, yeah, like that. And there's a shadow that follows under your ship, so you know you've got an extra, you know you can be hit once. Ah, okay. you, also, you also get an extra bomb, and you can have up to nine bombs. They're very useful as smart bombs. Mm-hmm. And obviously when you level up your weapon, you get extra firepower. 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 Collecting peas. Not mushy peas. Garden peas. No, these are round peas. In no, these power up your weapon within each level, as I mentioned. There's lots of little gold V's that you uncover by blowing up backgrounds and baddies and stuff. Yeah, and small and large V's, and they give you more, just more points, more score. And if you stay alive towards the end to the end of the level, the bonus you get at the end of the level is the amount of V's that you've collected. So I think you get three thousand for small V's, five thousand for large V's, okay. something like that. Yeah. But if you die and you don't get any more V's, you get no points. Okay. So you could try try and you know clear a level without dying. Tap in the fire button, not auto fire button. Mm. Gives different bullet attacks with with ship type A and C, but not ship type B. Oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Why do they do yeah. that then? I think ship type B is the most powerful one. Ah, okay. Yeah, so you, you might as well just use auto fire with ship type type B, which is what I did. Mm. <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Can I carry on for a bit before we disagree? Oh no, absolutely. Yes, okay. absolutely, sir. No, please, please do. As with all Danmaku, which is bullet hell. Okay. As with all Danmaku, staying directly under an enemy means the bullets come at you at, at less obtuse angles. So try not to get forced up to the side of the screen too much as bullets then come at you at diagonal angles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're harder to dodge. So try and stay underneath stuff, mm-hmm. which, which, you know, is useful tip for all bullet hells, really. So the, 
it's it's useful for like the mid-level bosses and the big bosses and also anything really that's spitting loads of bullets out of you Hmm. bosses are destroyed in parts learn which bits to blow up quickly so you limit the number of bullets on screen did you do that yep i can see them flashing white like every boss in every single game ever yeah (laughs) what i reckon they should do right in some games there should be different parts of the boss you can hit but they don't tell you which ones to hit and just mm. have you decide which ones it, it, that's hurting it. Mm. I think it'd be better in a way because usually you just go around and hit them. When you see it flashing white, you just keep shooting until it blows up. And then you go to the next bit that's flashing white. It's like that in nearly every game, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. Oh, these these Turplan caviums are too easy. You reckon? Honest, Gov. <laughs> there are secret pigs which pop up. This is a bit bizarre. Mm. You could, there are different ways to activate these pigs, and we can put a link uh, to a sort of strategy guide that shows you where they are and tells you where they are. Certainly will. Hover over the peach pigs to increase your score. Yeah. D- don't collect them. Hover over them. If you collect them, you still get your points, but you don't get as much points because your points go firing up as you're hovering over them. Ah. So that's how... Some of our Twitter friends have got 85 zillion points. No, that's not. Oh. It is not how they've done it. Go on, can sir. Get, you can get maybe 50,000 maybe 50, more points like that on a level, maybe 60, but not mega. Wow. And the pink pigs, you can't yeah. collect the pink pigs, but if you hover over them and they increase your weapon points, okay. like your weapon bar, so you can level up quicker. Yeah. There are two main areas where you can point press, which is what our friend Mr. Steve Radis has done. Mm. In level four... <laughs> yeah, right. The level four baddie, which is when you're in proper bullet hell territory by this time, there's bullets all over the place. Mm. If you blow up two or three sections and you get to one point, the baddie spits out loads of tanks, and these tanks roll down the screen, stop, and then flash red. Yeah. And if you bomb then, you get three million points for every line of tanks that you bomb. Oh, my Lord. But the thing is, you've got to be good enough to stay alive without shooting anything to wait for these tanks to build up on the screen. Oh, right. And I am not good enough to do that. So you've still, to get these points, you've still got to be brilliant. Risk and reward. Risk and you've reward. still got to just dodge and not shoot stuff. Mm, so dodge is not a problem with. I knew. And... Level five, there's a bit where there's two, there's this platform that comes down towards you, and there's two things that look a bit like Atats off Star Wars. Yeah. You shoot one, and you have to try and keep the other one alive long enough for another Atat type of character to land on the platform, which is about, it's almost a minute, and you've got to not shoot him, but shoot everything else because of all the bullets, and then you get three million points, and I keep ending up shooting him. Because stray bullets keep hitting him and he dies. And oh, I've never wow. done that one yet. So these people that get these massive scores, it's not a trick. It's brilliant gameplay, I feel. Yeah, they need to control the game. Mm. Which I haven't got a hope in hell's chance of doing. <laughs> and final uh, tip, I would say, that ship type B is considered to have the most powerful bullets. And when mm. you when you ramp it up to the level 3 weapon power the fifth the fifth you get five p's within that power you get like a toothpaste laser like you get on raiden raiden did you know that all right okay and it fires all over the screen so they are super powerful bullets when you get that high 
Right, shall we talk about opinions on graphics, gameplay, and controls and other Im- improvements? Uh, you, might, you might not like it. <laughs> can, can I say stuff first? I think you should. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm winding my spleen up as we speak. <laughs> I love the graphics idea by Joker Junior Inui. Very cave graphics. Mm. Very cave style, understandably so, because he obviously went on to cave. He actually went on to make a comic about the Skull Hornets, which are what these characters are called. Yeah. And he expanded the story in comics. The music, I love the music. I've been humming it all week. So, 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 so good. Really, 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 really good. And I think the gameplay is a cool mix of standard shoot-em-up and bullet hell you can see the transition as the game progresses you can see how they've sort of ramped it up and ramped it up and maybe inadvertently <laughs> created bullet hell mm. i'm just going to read you this bit from hardcore gaming 101 i love this site yeah it's good and what they've put is batsugan is arguably the earliest manic shooter and is one of the first games to introduce and define many of the subgenres core elements the biggest aspects they introduced are, of course, a practice of filling the screen with over 100 bullets as, at once, as well as shrinking the hitbox to accommodate for the massive amount of fire. Another genius move. It also uses human characters as pilots. You know, they, they come up in little sort of anime-style panels, yeah, w- which became standard in men- uh, standard practice in many shooters afterwards. Yeah. I also think it this is my thoughts it could be one of the first games with two fire buttons a lot of cave games after this had your normal fire and also your auto fire but i know the auto fire slowed the characters down on cave games yeah i can't think of any other game before this that had two fire buttons not yeah, not many games had auto fire it's usually a practice of tapping the button isn't it mm yeah so improvements or oh, very tricky as you know on this game it, i would it's almost perfect I would say, but I wouldn't. I know a couple mm. of players, a couple of players, especially at arcade club, that pref- would maybe prefer a faster moving ship, yeah, or a speed up, so you can get a speed up power up. So it's sort of optional, but that may ruin the gameplay. Yeah, I think if you had a faster ship, you'd be crashing into stuff because there's a lot of stuff around you to crash into. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah, a lot of bullet hells. I sh- only have a ship at one speed that never speeds up, mm. and also as you get onto round two, as you know, you, you sort of you clear all five levels and you get onto round two, it starts suffering oh, yeah, from a bit yeah, of yeah, easy, yeah. Suffering from a bit of slowdown. Oh, but as it, it does. It doesn't on the excellent Saturn version what I've played. Oh, okay. There's no slowdown on that. I suppose back in those days, um, the Saturn would have been a higher processor and a higher powered machine than the actual mm. PCB. Could have been. How different it's become now. Mm. And your home console could uh, control planets. <laughs> yes. Right. One more thing I'm going to say before you start saying all this stuff you've written in red blood capital letters. Before I let rip. Differences from the original version of Batsuga and the special version had different colours, different power ups. Yeah. Hidden, more hidden pigs. Sneaky more pigs. Sneaky more pigs. stages. More, yes. Oink. More stages. Better bombs. The smart bombs are a lot better on the original version. I like twisty twirly things that didn't kill everything smaller hitbox and the difficulty level was actually harder on the original game on the first loop than this and then this game gets gradually harder yeah that's it thanks for listening listeners we will catch you next week (laughs) goodbye this game rubbish
Didn't like it at all. <laughs> it's just cat. Absolutely junk. I don't know you liked it. You promised me it was such a good game, and I believed you. It is a good game. Listen, have one of these, sir. <laughs> Ow! Well, I'm going to get you one of these. Ow, my uterus! <laughs> I'm going to pull this on you. Uh, ow, my midriff! Now, listen here. Do you want some more, or shall I tell you why? Uh, yeah, go on. Right, the reason why I don't like it. It doesn't seem like a shoot up to me. I know there's lots of bullets, and you're going up the screen, like you like doing, mm-hmm. but it's more rather a dodge-em-up. I mean, you don't even have to press the fire button, you just have to hold it down. That's, that's not a shooter, bu- that's a holding a button down and, and guiding yourself around something. That's a bullet hell, that's what they are. Mm. The graphics, as you say, are so beautiful. It's a really lovely looking game, mm. but you just don't get a chance to see them because there's so many bullets on the screen and you're trying to dodge everything, you haven't got a chance to look at what's going on. You've just got to keep an eye on your ship, make sure nothing hits it, and you don't see any of the graphical touches because you're constantly concentrating on missing bullets. And also, the enemies don't seem to have any interesting attack patterns. And they are just your cannon fodder. They just come to where they sort of flop towards you. You hit them with a thousand million bullets of your own, and they're gone. Mm, but well, what level did you get to? About level three, I think. So there's, there's sort of big planes on level three that swoop up and down from the screen that attack you. Yeah, well, I didn't get that far. So just ignore that bit, listeners. He's not got that far. Yeah, but you can explain everything with your, your logic. <laughs> <laughs> and and your, your facts. <laughs> but unlike the sneaky planes on 1942, or enemies that actually avoid you, like on Xevious, mm. these planes and also the, the millions of tanks on the hillside, which is present in every single bullet hell there is, they just stand there and they just get shot and blown to bits. You haven't even got to aim. I mean, there's no mm. aiming in this game, is there? You don't... Line yes, your shots of course up. you have to aim. What, with those 50,000 million wide bullets that's coming out the front of your ship? You have no. to shoot the biggest enemies on the screen immediately or you get overwhelmed. You have to. You have to, especially when later on levels, if you don't shoot everything, you're dead. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's too on, manic. On level five, they have suicide bullets, some of the guys. So if you don't kill them really quick, you just level get overwhelmed. Five. Yeah, you get overwhelmed. Level five. You have to aim. I don't believe level. level five actually exists. Oh, yeah, it does. I think they did like three and thought no one's going to make it further than that. We just make up these last levels. <laughs> well, even the bosses that I saw, and I watched a few on YouTube. I do, I do know it, how a game goes. I watched it on YouTube. They don't seem to do much apart from just fire endless bullets at you. I mean, they don't, they don't sort of come back and, and, and come at you at other angles and, and sort of jump down on you and stuff like a lot of other games do. And also... Some of them do. Yeah, but I, I didn't see any of that. And I find the ridiculous amount of bullets quite tedious. You know, it's not, you don't ever get a chance where the, the game's just going to calm down for a little bit to sort of enable you to regroup yourself. Or, you know, like a bonus level. So, not for me, I don't think. And I don't <laughs> even think the, the, the weapons are that interesting. They just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whereas ones like Raiden, for instance, you, you get different kinds, totally different weapons. You get the lasers, the toothpaste laser, and the normal bullets, and you got you got different types of bomb as well. But this one just seemed to be... It just seemed that your shots just got wider and wider until they filled the screen. Well, you can, you've got three chips to choose from with three different bullets at the start, haven't you? Yeah, there is a difference there, I suppose. But they, the shots just get wider. 
I didn't try number. I didn't try the second one because that looked the weediest one. Even though I find out now it's actually the strongest powered one. Yeah, the most concentrated power. It's the strongest. Yeah, and that mm. gives you kind of a toothpaste laser at the end. Oh, okay. I didn't get that far though. And also, these games seem to have many rules and point scoring tactics. I just can't be bothered to find out. Does it actually tell you anywhere on the game, like in the in the trapped mode or or in the instructions? You know, where you got sort of instructions on the side of the cabinet how to get these massive point-scoring modes. No, you've got to find that out yourself, haven't you? How, you, you how have... the heck would you find that out, though? I mean, oh, I think this, have to this be one's not so bad. You'd have to be really, really good at it, right? How many people do you know can do this? One, yeah. One. And they loads can... of YouTubers. And he's a, a crazy purple shark-type person. Yeah, I, I don't know how they've discovered how to activate these pigs... But one of the pink pigs, right? You, you, it's easy to to get the the peach pigs up. I saw some of those. I, I think it's level two. You can get get them up, and then you to, you sort of collect a couple of them. You've immediately got to move to the right of the screen, pull down and right, and shoot a little ground target, and that produces the pink pig. Oh, that's obvious, so isn't it? How someone's found that out? So what? But what? yeah, there's a lot of games like this, and I think as as Cave progressed, and they they got more complicated and put sort of all these combos in and the ride and fighters games are insane for secrets and stuff like that and powering up and i don't like that sort of stuff because it it almost gets me into the mortal Kombat territory you know when you've got the finish him and you've got to do up down scratch your belly right go out the room come back in again press b turn the telly on and then fart it's just, it's one of those things that it just really bugs me. I don't like it. I must admit, yeah, I don't, I'm not so keen on that in, in shooters. Yeah, also, but... really massively silly point scoring tricks, like you, you talked about. And when you look mm. at you, Mr. Radis, and I can, mm. sort, I can sum it up in a very short sentence you don't even have to aim. Yes, you do, as I've said earlier. No, I meant it in that You down. do. No. I didn't mm. like it, not playing it again. No. I'm going to punch you. Ow! I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play 1942 instead. That's a proper shooter. It is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You dare defy me. I agree with that. It is very good. Very, very good. Right, cabinet art. There wasn't any. No, no cabinet art whatsoever. No conversion kit, no kits, nothing. It was just rubbish. a PCB that was slammed in the back of a pony. It's not getting the back of my ponies, I'll tell you that much, son. But it must have been a fantastic... It must have been an awesome PCB, though. I expect it was a green thing with black things on it. Well, yeah, it still looked awesome. Ports, sequels, spin-off and legacy section. There was an incredible Sega Saturn version that I've played at the Batcave, mm-hmm. which had the original and the special version and all the auto-fire sort of functions, and it had no slowdown. So no slowdown made the special version harder, I would imagine. I never got to that in the Batcave, that, that bit. Because some of the cave games, the later ones, the hardware was capable of running the games at full speed, but they, they did the slowdowns on purpose, right. I think, so you could actually get through the game. Because if you had to do it all in full speed, you just wouldn't make it, I don't think. And also, mm. some, some of your, your weapons on the later cave bullet hells, when you hit the weapon, it does certain things to the enemy's shots that don't hurt you. When you, when you use your familiar in Gowanga, it, it sort of eats the bullets in front of you, but you go really slowly. So it's sort of, mm. there's another risk and reward. You, you can't move so quickly to get out of the way of the bullets, but you can use your familiar to sort of absorb the bullets. So it's quite clever how they use... It makes you think 
did they use a slowdown on purpose or was it sort of a happy error they found? Mm. But it works yeah. quite well though, that, that part. I think the Saturn version you said about it's quite expensive to buy as well. I think it's quite a collector's version, that. From what I remember, it's only a couple of months since I've played it, but it was perfect. It looked absolutely perfect. Yeah, the Saturn was really good at 2D stuff, really good at it. Right, let's get on to the sticky subject of the scoring, shall we? And Because this game is so brilliant and so popular, we've had a record number of players. No. (laughs) I'm just going to give you a great big fat no for this. Disapproving sheep says, absolutely. Does not like your tone with this. No, no, that's what disapproving sheep saying about this stupid game. Oh. He's just said, Batsugan is brilliant and something else in sheep language. I can't understand him properly. I have that problem with you, Northerners. 11 scores, so nine players plus us two. Yeah, I'm right at the very, very bottom. Yes, 490,770. I had about five goes um, and just could not get into it. I just got... When I had to do the game again, because you know it's one of these things... It, it's it's also um, a coin eater. It always gives you the obligatory, uh, do you want to continue, Put more t- pump more 10 pences in? And I was like, yeah. no. And I had to start again and do the same things again. Knowing me, probably made the same mistakes again. So, yeah, tedious. I didn't play it that often. Mm. And I thought I should a bit more because you lot were getting some quite good scores. And I thought, this looks like one of those things where there's a load of scoring tricks for it. And I think there was. And I just didn't get them. Right. Next up, we have Cine Steve with 694,970. Mm-hmm. Then we have Andrew Anderson with 804,080. See, everyone's beating me. It's got to have been easy. <laughs> then we have a guy called Six, S-I-X-X, who comments quite often on Twitter. Hi, mate. Cool. 920,660. Yep. Getting to some of the millionaires now. Yeah, millionaire territory. Ian Cullen, Mappy24, 1,499,220 points. Pachow, pachow. Yeah. Then, we have, then we have Mr. Ret- Retro Schmupper, mm-hmm. 1,544,460. Yep. Then Mr. Lesley, 70, 1 million 686,740. And now we're getting to the two millionaires. Yeah, and they're good scores, these. Now we have madsteed.com, 2,073,090. Dan Smash, who says, bullet hell, bullet heaven more like. Bullet rubbish. Good it, Dan. 2,110,930. And then in second place, we have me. In your face. With 5,970,420, which I didn't do any of the tricks because I couldn't stay alive long enough, but I did sort of hover over the pigs. I recorded this high score run and put it on YouTube, so please check it out if you're interested. There's a link in the show notes. What did you do at weekend, love? Oh, I was hovering over pigs. Hovering over a pig. <laughs> and with Toa Plan's phone number, of you, as you <laughs> yeah. put it. Mr. SM Radius with 40 million. That's eight, that's eight times more than anybody else. 682,550. What a score. Let's give him two of these. Mm. He's trounced everyone there. He's got to level nine, oh, which God. is he's, he's cleared it and then got through to the end boss again. So I think he's managed to use the scoring tricks four times to do that. Ah. So he's used them on level four, level five, level eight, and level nine. Cheapers. 
but it's not a trick as i said it is skill to stay alive and not get killed and to wait till those tanks appear on screen is high skilled and we know how good he is because i've seen him play yeah he's a very good game player very mm. good very good very good overall thoughts i'm just gonna say my overall thoughts go on then just <laughs> I pour love it. sugar all over it it's one I will come back to forever, just to have, just to have a little knock around on it. It's one of the best vertical shoot 'em ups I've ever played, and I love these games, as you know. And I'm going to end by saying, with this game, Toa Plan began the pro- began the process of pushing shoot 'em ups in a new direction, which Cave continued with Dom Patchy two years later. Hmm. <laughs> really, really not for me. I'm mm. going to keep away from Bullet House for a while and concentrate on pure shooters, classics proper games i really mm. think it's put me off a lot of bullet hells you know i'm gonna really? sort of stick to the the, the games I, I consider to be shoot 'em ups mm. I'm, I'm from now on i'm gonna talk shoot 'em ups and bullet hells in totally different contexts yeah stuff like riding i consider a shoot 'em up because you're you're dodging a lot there's things coming at you they're coming back at you there's ground targets all this sort of stuff and it's all moving around and, and coming at you but they're not. There's not a hail of bullets to try and dodge your way through like a sort of maze. Mm. You're actually shooting stuff. You're moving to shoot stuff, and you obviously staying out of the way of their bullets, not just staying out of the bullets and holding the fire button down. Because mm, I, right. I find I find yeah. that a lot in the bullet hell games. You sort of hold the, the auto fire down and concentrate on where you're going rather than hitting things because you know you're going to hit it because your bullets are going everywhere. Because yeah. as well as the bullet curtains coming from the enemies, you're sending your bullet curtains up at them. Mm-hmm. So when wherever you fire, you can't really miss because your shots are so wide. It's like you said with one of the the, the B type ship. It's the concentration of your fire. So if you want to take out a really yeah. big ship, you go right in front of it, like you said, to miss the bullets, and you'll hit it right in the face, in its face, and yes. it will destroy. But if you stay to the side of it because you can't get there, you will still destroy it just a lot slower. So I don't think mm. I'd say there's no skill in it, but obviously there is. But for me, I'd like to sort of meet that ship to shoot it, you know? Mm, and that's why I yeah. consider the older games better for me, I think. But saying that, I really, really like Gawanga. And I really love Mushihima-sama on the iPhone. You know the one I, I talked about the other week? Yeah. It's yeah. a great game. And on that one, I think that one sort of, I don't know, it sort of seems to play a little slower. And you can see, you can sort of look at the graphics a bit more. And all the cave games even when they started at Turplan, were beautifully drawn. And, and the, mm. the actual sound score on the games is amazing. But I think it's just wasted a little bit because you're too in the zone to, to appreciate it. Mm. So not really a terrible downer for me, just the style of game I'm not into, I think. The actual game yeah. itself looks and sounds absolutely amazing. It does. Really good. Mm. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, you've got a point. It's what you're really into. Like when I, when you're into I, both, though, aren't you? Uh, yeah, they are different style of games, really. But, yeah, I do love both. And I do love the just holding the button down and dodging. I find it exhilarating when you manage to weave through you've like just a, said a it. curtain. Of you've just what? agreed with me. Holding the what? button down and avoiding stuff. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, yeah. There you go. Not a shoot 'em up That's part. Controversial. It is a shoot. A lot of people it's sending me hate mail. Remember, my name is Sean Holly, and I live in Blackburn. <laughs> Disapproving. It's a, it's a different style of shoot 'em up. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I concur. Yes. 
At least we agree on something. We had a fight earlier. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, first fight. First fallout. First fight of many, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so that's okay. all that done. Let's yes. calm down. Let's chill yes. out and talk about some art of side art. This is the one that I've picked, but do you want to talk about it a bit? Because you're a lot better at talking about side art than me. I, I really like the look of this. I probably wouldn't like the game very much, but the actual cabinets look amazing. This, we spoke about briefly earlier, is a new upcoming game from Raw Thrills, Eugene Jarvis's company. And it's really impressive. It's a game called MotoGP, which is a licensed yep. thing from the motorbike racing, MotoGP. Yep. It's all the uh, Valentino Rossi and all that sort of uh, crowd, I think, racing these really yeah. fast motorbikes around track stuff. And it's MotoGP, and you can, I think you can link up eight or, was it 16 of these machines? You can link a load of them together and race against your mates. It's a, a motorbike racing game. The natural cabinet mm-hmm. is a motorbike you sit on, and you actually pull it from side to side, and you control it with the handlebars. Mm-hmm. And I think it's got like two. It's got a forty-two inch screen on it. It's all flat screen, all beautiful graphics, all modern stuff. But the actual cabinet is really, really cool because it's sort of got the the back traditional half of a cabinet, which is sort of a wooden sided thing with a kind of control panel and uh, a marquee, and it all lights up, and you've got big speakers in it, and it's got the nice screen on there. But then the back part of it, you actually sit on what actually looks like the back end of a motorbike, and even the wheels light up. Yeah, the how cool is that? Up. And they, they're all different colours. Well, so you, I think on the picture we've got in front of us, we will put on the show notes. There's a, a red bike on the left and a blue one on the right. And I think all the other bikes you add on to make the when you link the game with other players are all different colours. Yellow and green. I'd like to see all the cabs together lined up in mm. all. That'd be look amazing, wouldn't it? It's a really nice looking thing. It's really well done. And the actual art of side art we're talking about. It's got sort of like checkered flag on the side with the MotoGP. And one of these slidey bikes going around a corner at a really horrible-looking angle. It's a really nice game. I'd hope to see this game one day, just have a look at it. It looks really smart. It's not, is it not out yet? Coming out soon? Not yet. No, it's coming out soon, isn't it? I bet they cost a fortune as well. Yeah, I think a lot of these modern cabs are really nice-looking. Maybe, maybe the games are not for us because they're a, a different style. But I was, look, I was looking at... Um, oh, I did go in another arcade yesterday. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I walked through one. Uh, Jurassic Park Arcade, that's another sort of a yes. booth kind of thing. And that's great side art on it. Really, you know, to grab your attention, you know, a big T-Rex. The, the thing with um, the modern games nowadays, and the whole point of the art of side art, is back in the day, the games, they might have been fun, they might have been addictive, but they the actual thing on screen didn't really draw you in because it'd be a little spaceship with some rocks maybe or a little man running around with little square things firing at him. So they had to make the, the cabinets look enticing. They had mm-hmm. to put the really nice side up on the side, they had to put lights on it and they, they'd sort of have you come over to look at the game and then you might want to put your 10 pence or your quarter or whatever in there. And nowadays they don't really need to do that because the attract mode of the game just shows you exactly what the game's like and it's, it's like watching a film. It's amazing looking. So they don't really need to do that with these cabinets. But the one thing they do need to do with these cabinets in the arcade is give you something you don't get at home. Because I'm sure mm. this game's going to come out on Xbox 5 or Sony Station Play 9 or whatever it is these <laughs> days that the kids are playing on. <laughs> but this thing, this actual cabinet, 
one thing, well, the two things it won't gi- it gives you, you don't get at home. Is obviously you can't sit on a flipping great motorbike home and move that around unless you want to get a Vespa or something and wire it up to a cabinet. But this thing, mm. you obviously control it by moving the bicycle left and right. You move the, the motorbike left and right and lean into it. But also, this thing has got a camera on it. It's above yeah. the monitor at the front. And it'll actually take a picture of you on the bike. And I presume when you're, you're racing around your mates, it shows your avatar above you, your face above the bike that's just passed them. And also, this thing will blow, blow wind in your face when you're playing mm. it to feel like you're actually riding against the wind. That's a really cool touch. You have to get the, the wife with some bellows, just <laughs> faster, dear, faster. Stop blowing that in my face. You know, it said it came in four delightful colours. Are any yes. of those delightful colours uh, matte black and no lights? No, yellow and green. Oh, and I don't want it then. Mm. Don't want it then. Mm. I want a black one. You know, we're talking about bikes. Yes. Guess what I saw this afternoon in a shop in, where was I? Betsy Coed in Wales, or Betsy Coed. A gentleman on a penny farthing. Quad bike. Guess who was on the back of it? Humpty Dumpty. What's your favourite thing in the world ever? Uh, sausages. No, that you see in zoos. Oh, a polar bear. Polar bear on the back of a quad bike. I would buy that quad bike. With, the, with Santa Claus driving, it was. <laughs> oh, calm down. <laughs> and I took a photo. I'll send it you. <laughs> I do love a polar bear, me. <laughs> oh, none of this polar bear talk. Let's go on yes. and do some releases from this month in history. Take it away. I'm just going to go with one this time. Oh, okay. Because last week, November the 9th, 36 years ago, Asteroids, my current game that I'm playing to death, was released. Really? And the internet... Arcade celebrity Patrick Scott Patterson mm-hmm. has done a big feature on it, so I'm not going to read it out. I'm just going to put a link to it. Okay. And, it, and it's I about have a- to that. It's very good. Yeah, how Asteroids was born and how well it did, and yeah, oh yeah, pointy rocks. We all love pointy rocks. Yeah. I'm just going to do do that one this time, okay. and leave you with that because it's a good read. And we yeah. all love Asteroids, and it's scary that it is now 36 years old. Yeah, and it was easily, easily Atari's biggest money earner of all time. Mm, I yeah. think it made, I think I read on there, it made 46,000 gazillion pounds out of it. Mm, and as we now know in modern money, gazillion is actually a quadrillion gazillion now, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a bit. Mm. So well done, Atari. Mm. Actually a proper Atari game as well, because a lot of their hits later on were just licenses, like mm, Dig Dug, yeah. Xevious. Yeah, like Namco, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we have to do next show's game, and I'm picking it. And I have no idea. What were you supposed to do? Show notes, Vic. The idea of show notes, we're supposed to fill in the show notes. Yeah. So when it says next show's game, you're supposed to put in what it is. That's and the then one I bit I respond. don't put in. And then I can respond like, oh, that sounds good, but I already know about it. But now you've not put nothing in again. I, I keep threatening to do Banco Panico. Yeah. But I'm not going to. Why not? Because I'm going to do Toidles. Oh, Toidles. Yeah. Now, listen, people. Teenage don't... Mutant Ninja Turtles, kids. I don't think so. Turtles in time. See you next week. Ow, right in the kissing. Ow. Have another one of those. No. <laughs> Turtles. 
This game is also known as 600 or Turpin. It's an old school maze game from about 1983 and it's absolutely great. And you've got to pronounce it Toidles. T-O-I-T-L-E-S. Toidles. You're a mama Toidle. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into that next week, probably in that voice as well. Turtles, standard MAME settings. We'll put it on the, on the show notes. Have a look. Have a play. It's great. Are you good at this? Uh, not bad. Mm. I wouldn't sound brilliant. I just really like the game. One of those mm. games I don't really mind being not too good at it, but I'd like to be better. But yeah, I'll have a bit more practice next week, so I'll, I'll tell you then. I need a four-way stick, and I've, I've got one coming. That'll be pickups next week. Oh, nice one. Yeah, you definitely need a four-way stick for it. Definitely, people. Get your mm, joystick yeah. set to four-way, guys and girls. Yeah. Right, before we go, can I take out Space Zap from my Fantasy Arcade? You can. Because my hands are killing me playing that all the time. No. Batsugan's in. Yay! I want to put your 1942 cab in there. Because I really like playing your little cab, and I want to beat my personal best. Oh, I am impressed. Yeah, yeah that's good. So yeah, you well, can't have a cab now? Um, no. Thanks for listening. Thanks for podcasting with me. Thanks for making me play this rubbish game. And I'll talk to you people in two weeks' time. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 